Awesome. How was worship this morning? It was off the chain. We got two new members this morning too in, in our worship team. We've got Dave there on the bass. And we also had Jackie on vocals as well. And I think they did an awesome job. They've already brought heaven to earth. Job's done. We can all go home. Thank you. That was from the book of Ron Canoli, that scripture, hey, pressed down, shaken together and running over. You know that song? That's a good song. I love that one. I'm not going to sing it with my frog on my throat. Give and it will come back to you. Press down, shaking together and running over. Yeah. Awesome. Heaven to earth. Yeah. Even though, it's because I got my Barry White voice on. I apologize for my Barry White voice. There's a frog in my throat that has the voice of Barry White. Okay. Heaven to earth. Let's get down to business. Thank you, Lord, Father. We thank you for the word that you've given us this morning, Father. We pray that it, re it is received by soft hearts this morning, Father. We pray that as your word goes out, it's like seed planted in good soil. Father, we just pray that it grows into something incredible, grows into something that has the strength to withstand storms, grows to something which has the strength to break chains this morning, Father. Lord, I just pray that no one that walked in here this morning walks out the same in a good way. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, we pray this. Amen. 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 I want to talk this morning about heaven to earth. Ian brought an awesome message last week that was so good. And, uh, and I just want to talk about bringing heaven to earth <clears throat> when we don't really feel like heaven's here at the moment. Because let's get real, sometimes we don't really feel like heaven's here right now in the moment, you know. And, and those are the points, those are the times where I believe we have an opportunity to exercise some faith. Amen. And faith is the currency of the kingdom that we belong to. Amen. So I want to read for you a scripture from Hebrews 13, verse 15. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually, sound familiar? Let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. <clears throat> Who here believes or knows that to produce something really worthwhile or to create something really worthwhile, it takes a lot of sacrifice. It costs something. Yeah. We have a few really skilled artisans in this place. We, I know of one particularly skilled carpenter. And, uh, and I know that for him to have been to get so good at what he does, he would have had to sacrifice hours and hours and hours and hours and years of his time honing and perfecting his craft. It's the same for parents when raising children. What do we sacrifice? A lot of sleep. We sacrifice a lot of sleep. We, we sacrifice a lot about our own identities. I mean, let's get real. When we have young children, we become our children's parents. We don't become our own entities anymore. Amen. I am Adira's dad. <laughs> That's me. Should be on my driver's license. <clears throat> we sacrifice our time every day to earn coin to provide for our families. Nothing that is worthwhile was ever gained without some sort of sacrifice. And one person in, in the Word who truly understood this was King David. 
in 2 Samuel 24. I've only got one of the verses up there, but I'll read you the preceding verses. Uh, 20, verse 21. Arana said, Why has my lord the king come to his servant? See, this is David. David's done a big boo-boo, right? And God's not pleased, and God has been punishing David's kingdom, his people. And David's been, he's seen the angel punishing his people, and he said, Lord, it's not their fault, it's mine, I want to take it on myself, you know, and then the Lord got him to choose his punishment, he chose his punishment, and in the end, the Lord said, go and build a temple on the threshing floor, go and buy the land and build a temple there, and, and, and this is what he did, so he went up to the owner of the land, which was Aranel, and Aranel said to him, why has my Lord, the king, come to his servant? He said, to buy your threshing floor, David answered, so I can build an altar to the Lord that the plague on my people may be stopped. Arona said to David, let my lord the king take whatever he wishes and offer it up. Here are oxen for the burnt offering, and there are the threshing sledges and ox yokes for your wood, your majesty. Arona gives all this to the king. Arona also said this to him, may the lord your God accept you. And this is the verse I've got up here. But then the king replied to Arona, Arona, apologies, no. I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord, my God, burnt offerings that cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen and paid 50 shekels of silver for them. This awesome servant of the king had said to him, just take, just take what you need. But the king understood that for his sacrifice to really build something worthwhile, it would have to cost him something. You see, what does, what does God want to see from us as a, as a sacrifice of praise? How do, how do we interpret that scripture there? For me, it tells me that, that life, life is going to have some, some bumps in, it, in the road, right? We all experience ups and downs. We all experience valleys and mountains and we will experience storms, we'll experience loss, we'll experience pain, we'll experience death, and we will walk through fire. This is life. What God really wants to see from us is that our faith remains. Amen? Yeah. Our faith remains. Because it's easy to have faith in something that's constantly working for you. That's not really faith, it's just logic, isn't it? It's just, well, every time I write with this pen, ink comes out. I have no faith that the ink will come out. I don't need it. I just know that it will, unless it's one of those cheap 99-cent ones from the warehouse. <laughs> need a lot of faith with those. <laughs> I'm cracking myself up up here. <laughs> yeah. Help him, Jesus. Heaven is brought to earth through praise. In those situations, heaven is brought to earth through praising through the circumstances, even if you don't feel like it. You know, if it costs, that's what it costs us. It costs us our, our pride. You know, there's so many, when we do two praise songs, two, we call them two praise songs, two worship songs. They're really two fast songs, two slow songs, right? And the fast songs are a bit uncomfortable sometimes for people to jump around and dance, and, and that's, that's, that's a bit hard sometimes for some people to do that. Worship is easy. It's all about receiving. Eh? It's all about holding your arms out like this and receiving what God's got for you. 
an, an awesome worship pastor in New Zealand uh, said to us uh, when we, we went down on a worship leadership master sessions, and he said to us, the higher the praise, the deeper the worship. You see, in those first two praise songs, we have to sacrifice something. We're declaring something to God. We're sacrificing our pride. We're, we're sacrificing um, our emotions and how we're feeling. We're pulling our soul into line. And we're saying, no, I'm going to praise you this morning. Even though I didn't get my coffee this morning, I'm going to praise you. Even though I had a rari-rari with my wahini toa on the way here. That's uh, had a scrap with my wife for our Aussie mates. Um, I'm going to praise him. I'm going to praise him regardless. Amen. Amen. Because he's bigger. He's above all that. He's greater than all that. That's right. And that's what he wants us to see. Amen. He is bigger above beyond anything, anything that we could face in our lives. King David was actually one of the biggest complainers in the Bible. Did you know that? See, it's not a denial of your situation. We can acknowledge the situation we're in. We're simply acknowledging that God is bigger than it. Amen. We're not, we're not saying, no, I'm not sick. No, I don't have a frog in my throat. I'm not sick. I deny that. We're not actually doing that. We're saying, well, I am, but God can heal me of this. God is bigger and greater than this. And I tell you what, it's not actually up to me that you hear the word of God this morning. It's up to God. If, it, if it's His will, you will hear the word of God this morning, no matter what my throat sounds like. Amen. Because it's not me that's, that's concocted up this word to share with you. This is a word from God for you at this time and this place. And he will make sure that it is delivered. Amen. It's that faith that God's will will be done here on earth. And all we have to do is step out regardless of our circumstances. Step out regardless of how we're feeling. Give a sacrifice of praise and just say, yes, Lord, you are big enough to accomplish this. Amen. Amen. Shadrach, Meshach, and Ab Abdenego. Abdenego. Abednego. There we go. I always get that one back to back, back front. It's the frog in my throat. He doesn't read his word much. Replied to him. This is in Daniel 3. These three guys, who I won't say their names again just now. <clears throat> these three guys had been, because a new law was passed by King Nebuchadnezzar, that if he, he built this great big gold effigy, this great big gold statue, and he said, everybody in my kingdom, when they hear the sound of the horn, or they hear the music, they have to bow down and worship this idol. And there were three men that refused to do it, three Jews that refused to do it, these three, with these easy names. And they, they said, no, we're not going to do it. And then all his, um, all his counselors brought them forward to him and said, these guys are breaking the law, and by your law, they should be thrown into the furnace. What are you going to do, king? So he said, well, I'm going to give you one more chance. When, this, when the horn's blown, if you bow down, all good. All is forgiven. If not, fire up the furnace, boys. They're going in. That's from the Reuben translation. <laughs> Their response to King Nebuchadnezzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Who feels like they need to defend themselves all the time? You know, get a bit defensive. I do. Some, sometimes, Carol, I've never seen you get defensive. <laughs> sometimes we get our back up a little bit sometimes, you know, and someone say, and we feel the injustice of it all. Come on. How dare they say that? King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. 
this is bigger than you or us. My God is greater than anything I could say. He is beyond this circumstance. It's followed by, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve, He's able to deliver us from it. And He will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if He does not, we want you to know, your majesty, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Even if he doesn't pull them out of the fire, they will, not, they will refuse to. Even if there was a bit of doubt in them, they wouldn't refuse to because they, they had faith that their whole situation, the furnace, the, the king, the gold effigy, this whole thing, they, they had faith that their God was bigger than all of that. And, and their God's purpose for them was bigger than all of that. Amen? Yeah? So he, they were able to just go into that, into that furnace at peace. Well, I don't know how at peace they would have really been feeling in their hearts. But with faith. Amen? And, and faith, faith is not, is not the, the absence of... Um, it's not the absence of unsurety... It's not the absence of, th- of, of thinking, oh, no, this, this is a bit dodgy. We can be a bit scared. But we have faith that he is, he is bigger than our situation. Amen? Amen. Not my will, but yours. And then after that, if you don't know the story, most of us will know the story, but after that, they were, th- they were thrown into the furnace. And the guards that were dragging them down, they died on the way there. Like, it was too hot for them. And then while they were in the flames, King Nebuchadnezzar looked in and he saw not three people, but four. And he said, one of them looks like the son of man. What I love about this scripture and and why I think it's so relevant to us facing trials and things in, in our lives today is that God didn't just come and blow the fire out and take them out of it. He was with them in the flames. Sometimes God's not going to take you out of the flames. Sometimes he's not going to take you out of the pain. And sometimes he's not going to remove you from the situation. Because his ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. And he has a plan and a purpose for that situation in your lives. Amen. But he will be there with you. And you know what? They came back out of that furnace after spending some time in there with God. They came out of that furnace, they didn't even smell like smoke. Because that's what happens when we have faith that Jesus will walk with us through our trials. We come out the other end smelling like roses. And I tell you what, that would have built their faith even more that day. Imagine that. You go into a furnace and all the guards die around you and Jesus is hanging out with you. And then you walk out of there unscathed, unburned, untouched. Smelling sweet. Those guys would have a faith that's unshakable. Yeah? Not my will, but yours. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Ian shared that awesome piece of scripture yesterday. All about bringing heaven to earth. Yeah? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your will be done. Is the hard part sometimes for us. 
Yeah. Because his will is not always going to be our will. Amen. Your will be done. When we pray this prayer, we need to be prepared for the consequences. His will is always good, always the best way, and often contradicts our own understanding. Amen. This life that we're living in here, this time that we spend on earth here, is such a small part of eternity, right? Such a small part of eternity. And you and I, through our faith in Christ and through what Christ did on the cross for us, are eternal beings. Amen? I'll read you that scripture again that we all know. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that those who believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. When we start looking at things through an eternal perspective, we see things a bit differently. The pain that we feel here and the distress that we feel and the, and the, and the valleys that we go through are temporal. They are passing things. They all have purpose. God can make purpose out of them and bring them for our good. We know that through Romans 8.28. He can bring it all to our good. But we are just here for a blink of an eye compared to eternity. And I think sometimes when we are feeling we are lacking in that faith or we're feeling like God's hand is not on our lives, we should start thinking about that eternal perspective, that we are eternal. Amen. I hope I'm not going too deep here. I hope I'm, I hope I'm bringing everybody along with me. <laughs> Go deep. <laughs> I just want to tell you, I, I want to tell you a little bit of a story, actually, from, from my week last week. <clears throat> my daughter, Adira, she was a bit, she was a bit crook. And uh, you guys have had your breakfast a long time ago. So she was so, she was so crook that she was in the hallway at uh, two o'clock in the morning, and um, it, was a, it was a gut crookness, so you can imagine what's happening with that illness, <laughs> sort of coming out both ends a little bit, and I'm there, and I've got, I've got stuff all over me, and, and two o'clock in the morning, trying to deal with this poor three-year-old girl, and I was thinking, man, if I, if I was in this situation, I would just feel like this is the end of the world, you know? I would, and I've been in that situation, and I did feel like that was the end of the world. <laughs> and I made sure everybody knew about it as well. But you know what my daughter did? In the midst of all of this, in the midst of everything flying everywhere, it was literally hitting the wall, she starts singing. <laughs> she, she starts singing. You can see miracles when you believe. I don't know if you can imagine. Her voice sounded a whole lot cuter than my voice, but in, in the midst of everything, and I, just, I was just about in tears. And if that's not a sacrifice of praise, I don't know what is. You know, and in the morning... I, I took her, she was quarantined with me, and the, I wanted to keep her away from the baby and from Harmony. And so we were out in the lounge, and we had a mattress down next to the couch, and I was lying on the couch a good distance away from her. 
And in the morning, the sun starts beaming through the windows. And of course, I've had about three hours sleep, so I was rebuking the sun. <laughs> and um, my daughter, she wakes up and she turns to me. And after the whole ordeal she had the night before, she said, Daddy, the sun's out. I think we should get up and make the most of this beautiful day. I thought, you are too much. You are too much. That's what a sacrifice of praise does. If heaven's not in your day, bring it. If heaven's not there, you bring it. Because we were given the authority to do that. We were given the ability to walk into the throne room of the God Most High and have our Savior Jesus at His right hand saying, that's my boy, give him what he asked for, and we can step in there and say, Jesus... In your name, I want heaven to come to earth. And you know how I'm going to do that? No matter, no matter what I'm seeing here, I'm going to sing your praise. I'm going to lift your name high. The word says that God is enthroned upon the praises of his people. He's enthroned upon the praises of his people. That speaks of, of authority. I'm preaching Ian's message again. It was just so good. But there's, there's authority that happens when we praise through this stuff. All right, we can bring heaven to earth. We can change the atmosphere. The Holy Spirit is the best changer of atmosphere. If you're not happy with your situation, if you're not happy with how you're feeling, where you are right now, praise his name, bring heaven to earth. That's your job. Amen. 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 Have that eternal perspective. Do you know, you actually have authority to pull your soul and your emotions into line. We're not actually meant to be ruled by our emotions or by our soul. They play a very important purpose in our lives, but we're not to be ruled by them. We're to be ruled by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who pulls our spirit into line, who pulls our soul into line, who pulls our body into line. David understood this. Well, the psalmist understood this. In Psalm 43 and 5, he said, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Like it was a separate thing to him. Like it was something that he was talking to, like a naughty kid. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior, and my God, make the decision. Make the decision to praise Him. It is not a denial. It's not a denial of a situation. Like I said before, this is not. This is not because you can get there. You know, you can get those those happy people who who will just walk in and you'll say, "I'm sick," and they'll just go, "No, you're not." But I, I, I am. I am sick. It is a thing. It is here. It is here. It's true. <laughs> You can acknowledge this like, like the psalmist did. You can acknowledge that I'm feeling rubbish. No, you're not. Well, I am feeling rubbish. But we can make the decision to choose not to feel rubbish. Amen. And in doing that, we are bringing heaven to earth in ourselves. Yeah? In doing that, we are making the decision that heaven is going to rule in this place, not my emotions, not what I'm seeing, not, what, not the sickness that's over me. You know, not the fact that God said no to a prayer. Because sometimes he will. 
but we praise him nonetheless for who he is. We praise him nonetheless because of who he is, because he understands so much more than us. You know, the best way I've ever heard this illustrated, and it's stuck with me in my head every time I've gone through something where I think, oh, that doesn't make sense, Lord. Why would you do that? The way that this was explained to me is like, life, life is, a, is a tapestry that God is creating, right? I don't know if you guys have ever watched a YouTube video on how tapestries are made, or, or seen them made. But at the front, they look beautiful. The guy that's doing it, the guy that's putting it together, he knows the plan. He knows how everything goes. And we are threads in that tapestry. Now, if you ever look at the back of a tapestry, it is an absolute mess. And a thread poking its head out the back of the tapestry would be thinking, what is this guy doing? What is he doing? He doesn't know the first thing about it. Tapestries. I could do a much better job of this from where I'm looking. But at the front, when the master, the artisan, the Lord, our God, is ordering things in our lives and pulling things into place, only he can understand why that thread has to bend at that corner or why that thread has to stop there or where it needs to go next to create the tapestry he's, he's putting together. Does that make sense? made a lot of sense to me when I heard it made a lot of sense to me. And if it made sense to three people in here, then praise God. <laughs> so, in closing, I just want to say that, yeah, it, we, we need to rely on that eternal perspective. And it isn't a denial. It is a faith. It is an opportunity to spend the currency of the kingdom, which is faith. It's an opportunity to flex a muscle that we'll need to build for the next round. Amen? It's an opportunity to bring heaven to earth. And when we do that, and when we see it happen, our faith is built. If you feel you don't have enough faith, build it by praising Him. Don't let your praise be a reaction to something that's happened in your life. I stand on a scriptures like this, which say in Isaiah 43, 2, when you pass through the waters... I will lift you up and carry you over them. No. I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, I will lift you up and carry you. No. They will not sweep over you. You will not be overcome by what you're walking through. And when you walk through the fire, I'll blow it out. No. You will not be burnt. The flames will not set you ablaze. When we walk with Jesus, He walks with us. And when He walks with us, we can be confident in the hope that we will come out the other side. And we will come out the other side not just having just survived. The Scripture doesn't say we were barely overcomers. The scripture says we are more than overcomers, more than conquerors. Amen? More than conquerors. That means that it's a decisive victory. And the victory has already been won. The victory has already been won for anyone that has placed their trust in Jesus. Amen?
One more scripture I want to leave you with. And after this, I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm going to give you an opportunity if you've never actually received Jesus into your life. If you've never experienced what I'm talking about here this morning. It feels like a party, so I'm saying tonight. If you've never experienced this peace of being able to go through these trials, knowing that your Savior walks beside you, and you want some of that, it's a very simple prayer that I would love to go through with you. But I'll read this scripture, Matthew 22, 37 to 38. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. That speaks to me of giving it all to Him, not just when it works out for us, but when it doesn't. Giving it all to Him in this moment right now. If you've been holding back, just give it all to Him. All of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind. He only ever tells us these things because He knows that it's best for us. He only ever tells us these things because they're things that we wouldn't see by ourselves as a thread at the back of a tapestry. So in this moment, I would like to invite you. I'd like to ask everybody in the congregation to just bow their heads and close their eyes. And in this moment, if you need that in your life, if you feel like you've been holding back, or if you feel like you were there once, but it's gone away, and you want to bring heaven back to earth for yourself, I want to encourage you in this moment to be bold. There's just a simple prayer we can pray together, and I would love to do that with you. So on the count of three, if you would like the Lord Jesus Christ to enter your life as your Lord and Savior, I'd like you to raise your hand. In three, two, one, go. Raise your hand. Be bold. Hold nothing back this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. I see you there. Awesome. Now there's a simple prayer. I just want you to pray with me. Praise God. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry I've walked without you. And in this moment, I turn to you. In this moment, I declare, I give my life to you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And I believe that God raised you from the dead. And I am a new creation with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Give them a big hand clap. Do you know there's a party in heaven happening right now?